0: song, sir. Kia ora and welcome to Property Matters. Tonight we chat woman and property investing and get all the tips and tricks from a female perspective. Plus we check in on the central Auckland market with Barfoot and Thompson's Mount Eden's branch manager. Remember you can download our podcast from barfoot.co.nz forward slash property matters or listen anytime here on planetaudio.org.nz. Welcome to Property Matters. Welcome to another Monday. I'm Stephen Dello. delighted to have you tuned into our show. Now, as you know, each week we have a mix of guests from across the rental and investment landscape to give you tips and tricks on how to maximise your investment and provide practical advice for tenants and landlords who just need that tricky question answered. Now, this is very much your show, so we encourage you to email us at any point at matters at barfoot.co.nz or send us a message on our Facebook page which is Property Matters Radio, and we will get the experts to answer you in upcoming episodes. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by two fabulous people today. Welcome to Amanda Evans and Teresa Weiss from Barfoot and Thompson, Mount Eden. Good afternoon, team.
1: Thank you,
0: Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Great to have you here. And we're going to be chatting a lot about women in investment. And I'm sure that topic's going to go wider. But, Teresa, I'm keen to start with you. You're the branch manager for Mount Eden branch of Barfoot and Thompson. And prior to that, you were at Mission Bay. So, tell us what's been your real estate journey?
1: Well, it was only last week when I saw a Facebook post saying that I've been in real estate 18 years that it dawned on me (laughs) that it's actually just become a part of my makeup. So it was 18 years ago, I think I was 29 years old, sitting in Palmerston North saying to my mum, oh, well, I've done retail, I've done training, I just don't know what I want to do. And she said, look, I've seen an ad in the paper for a career evening to get into real estate. So I went along on a whim, and um, there was this lady, Mary Sharp, there, and uh, she sold me the glitz and the glamour, and um, off I went to Auckland to sell real estate in the eastern bays of Auckland, and I think in my first year... I was nominated for Rookie of the Year and and I did it for a year or two and then I went back to training okay. because I was one of those agents that did a bit, did nothing, did a bit, did nothing. So I um, went back to training, became the Barfoot and Thompson training manager for several years, and that's probably where I really learnt my craft and fell in love with real estate. And then when I became a mum, which is something we'll be talking about a little bit today with investment from a female perspective, I thought, right, I need to change my life. What does that look like? And went back to selling real estate because it had flexibility. Mm. and freedom in it so I could work my own hours. From there, I'd always wanted to own a business, just didn't know if I had what it took and the way that Barfoot and Thompson structure their branch manager positions, it allowed me um, with limited risk to uh, dip my toe in and see if I was actually capable of growing a business. So uh, I started at Mission Bay. I think we were a lot further down the rankings when I took over there and uh, was able to prove to them and myself I could turn it around and now I'm really fortunate fortunate to um, have grown and, and taken on a new challenge in Mount Eden, so Real estate is part of my blood, and I think it's going to be part of my blood for a very long time.
0: Absolutely. That's a brilliant journey. What do you love most about real estate? You just mentioned the flexibility. What What else do you love?
1: You know, it's the lifestyle. I always say to people who come and see me about getting into real estate, it's this isn't a job. It's a lifestyle. You, you either love it, or mm. it's not for you, because you meet Probably the biggest thing for me is the amount of new people you meet, and people from every walk of life and so you really get to know, for me anyway, Auckland, a, a different level, and Auckland is, so it's it's the people, um, but it is also a little bit exciting when you get to see all sorts of different houses. Everybody is so different, mm. and every house is, so it's one day is never the same.
0: And I guess now being a manager, you've got a, a mix of sales agents wrapped around you and your no day will be the same for them. You're watching them all work differently and within their own communities. That's exactly
1: right. No yeah. day is ever the same. <laughs> and I arrive at the office sometimes thinking, oh, I haven't got too much on today. And by the end of the day, I'm going, I haven't had any time to do anything today just because it is a people industry, Mm. so you're dealing with people um, every minute of the day really, and they're dealing, obviously, with people out looking at doing property transactions.
0: Mm. What, What have you seen as the biggest change or changes in real estate during your time in the industry?
1: definitely compliance. So right. I know when we I came into real estate 18 years ago, if you went out and you wanted to sell a house, all you had to do was take an agency agreement with you um, and find the buyer and sell it. Whereas these days, the legislation and compliance is phenomenal. So, so the role of real estate is a lot more complex mm. and there's a huge amount of weight and responsibility shifted onto real estate agents that was never there. But interesting, I was thinking as I came in this morning, one of the other big changes when I started selling, it was around Glendowy, around in the eastern suburbs and the average sale price there was just over $300,000. So this is only 18 years ago and it's close to $2 million now. Wow. So it's all supply and demand and obviously that tells
2: you
1: mm. um, we still have a supply and demand issue but the real estate cycle in Auckland continues every 10 years. I think, to thrive in theory. They say it doubles every 10 years. That's not always the case.
0: And tell us about Mount Eden itself. So your new branch, what's the market like in that area, I guess, to purchase, but also as an, from an investment point of view?
1: It's been really interesting for me because I've been there for four months now, so I'm still watching and learning. But one of the biggest things I've noticed is that there, we have such an array of property, so we've got a whole lot of units Um, Single dwellings from six, seven hundred thousand right up to six, seven million dollar properties. And I don't often see such communities uh, in a small area that have that diversity. It's definitely a, a mix of investor and home buyer market. We're starting to see a little bit more development. Of course, with the shift in the unit tree plan happen and uh, in Mount Eden in particular, there's definitely some big, beautiful mm. um, old houses. So the desire there. Uh, but again, if you if you want to be a homeowner in most instances, because it is something that we're going to talk about, it's generally... Uh, And I won't say this firsthand. I was having a conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago and she said, if you want to live here, it's got to be on a double income. Right. So I know that shifts into a different sphere, Mm. but um, definitely a mix of investor and home buyer or home ownership. Awesome.
0: All right, Amanda, welcome to the show. Now, you are a salesperson in Teresa's team at Mount Eden. Um, don't worry, I won't get you to rank your manager ah. or anything yeah. in here. This could be really awkward, couldn't it? For sure. <laughs> but I want you to tell us a little bit about your journey in real estate.
2: So my journey is fairly recent. Um, I have a background in architecture, interior design and business development, uh, and particularly mostly across the construction and furniture sectors. Um, but I'm very passionate about property. I think quits in my blood. <laughs> I um, I love building. I love everything about building and real estate kind of joins everything together for me. It really seems to be quite a, um, a, a circle closure of, of property experience. So that's my background. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you actually approach Property Matters with the idea of a show around women and property and, and women investing. Why are you passionate in helping women in particular get into property and investment?
2: I think there's um, a couple of points that I'd like to talk about there. Um, My history and experience in the building sector has been as a woman and predominantly that's been dominated by obviously men in the industry you know I've worked with mostly men throughout my career and those businesses have been owned by men and those men own property. Um, So having conversations with my female peers it's still quite rare that women are actually active investors and trying to unpick that, I've been talking to then my, my daughter and their, their generation of, you know, how to get on the property market, what does that look like, what does that mean? And it just got me thinking that really we need to start having more conversations about how women can be a little bit more proactive perhaps or find out how they can actually empower themselves to actually be more in control of that investment plan.
0: Mm. well, statistics from core logic state that of the one point seven million New Zealand properties analyzed only seventeen point four percent solely belong to an owner identified as female. Why do you think these numbers are so low?
2: yeah pretty shocking isn't yeah. it pretty scary um, I think it's historic from obviously. You know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, women were still either owning or buying property within a, a, a husband or wife partnership relationship. I mean, going back to my mother's generation, my mother actually had to ask permission to have a bank account and to get a checkbook for, you know, her to use. And she still needed a signing authority from her mm-hmm. husband. You know, so things <laughs> things have moved, but not that that fast like we've expected. You know, I'd say it's been quite glacial in some ways Um, and talking to um, investment advisors and and mortgage brokers that I know most of their clients are still men there aren't a lot of women that you know are proportionally active out there looking at investing in property Um, and then I think we've got lots of bigger issues around pay parity and then the consequences obviously of COVID this year as well Mm. which are really interesting topics.
0: Mm. Okay, we're going to unpack and hopefully inspire some people listening um, to go and see a mortgage broker. Um, And do feel free to jump in at any point, Teresa, because one of the thoughts on the table is that you can purchase an investment property, an affordable one, while still renting yourself. Um, Do you want to talk us through this and how you see people can get on the property ladder? What
2: are your tips and tricks? Well, I think, Theresa, you can jump in here as well. I think, you know, the key thing, like you said in that report that you just mentioned before, Stephen, is that um, there are some significant restrictions for women accessing property, and I think possibly having these conversations and having, you know, advisors and people to talk to more accessible is really important. Um, Theresa? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: looking over at Amanda. It, um because I knew I was on my way here, it really got me thinking about the females that I know mm. that have invested well in property. And when I go back to knowing them at earlier ages, unlike me, who was a spender, um, <laughs> they they invested in property very early on. But some of that was also education from parents. Mm. So often I see that parents who have taught their children to invest have modelled that. That's where we'll see women investing at an early age and also parents who have taught females to be independent is where we see that a lot more but it's not achievable for everybody and I think this is something Peter Thompson talks about a bit some people think that their first home or their first investment is going to be their dream home Mm. Mm. it's not you know I know people in Palmerston North isn't like this anymore but you know it used to be 300,000 so don't necessarily think you've just got to invest in Auckland you can rent in Auckland and then you can invest in in, out in the greater of I guess my advice would be compromise. Mm. It's about getting on the ladder. It's not about finding the dream. Um, But if you're renting and paying somebody else rent, then surely you should be owning something and having somebody else pay you rent. And if that means you have to go into a pool with other females or other people to support you to do it, the most important thing is to get on the property ladder, but at what you can afford.
2: Mm. Mm. And I think it's an important point that Teresa makes is that, you know, previously back in the day, people didn't really like to buy property outside of their own city because we didn't really have the capabilities to manage properties and I think there was a risk factor associated with that. But today you've got you know ex- excellent property managers yeah. and you've got the ability to invest perhaps in you know booming smaller regions like Rotorua, Tauranga obviously has gone off over the last few years. Hamilton's growing really fast at the moment. Uh, Dunedin's got some really good growth um, happening. So there are properties that are affordable in those places that perhaps somebody in Auckland or Wellington you know could be looking at? It's just thinking outside the box a bit more and and acknowledging that you're not going to be in your own aspirational mm. dream mm. home, probably for twenty years, but through that process of investing you could end up having five investment properties, yeah. and that's that's a good thing.
0: Which segues nicely into my next question, Teresa, because investments are often seen as vital for retirement, and in this modern world, there's no sort of real stereotypical family, and many people are retiring single, so how do we help people understand the importance of investing now for their retirement? Because KiwiSaver ain't going to give you the full lifestyle you want.
1: No, it's not. it's not. I think I went on a training course. It was probably when I got into real estate 29 years ago. And they said, write down the age that you want to retire. And so I wrote down, I can't remember at that time, let's say it was 65. And then they said, well, work out, you know, how long do you want to live to? And I think I put 90. And then you had to work out annually how much was it going to cost me per year after I wasn't earning any more to actually sustain that lifestyle. And that was the real wake-up call for yeah. me. And but the people I think some pe- times people feel like they've left it too late. Mm. Um I got being completely honest, I got into the property market a, a little bit later. Um and had a couple did buy a couple of investment properties which are sold, which we should never have sold in hindsight. But, you know, even though we're the experts we learn too. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and so you know, one, of the, one of the things I would say is go and see a mortgage broker. Go and talk to other women who own property. Go and talk to support people. But one of the biggest learnings is, you know, when we're younger and we get into a career, we're not normally at our earning capacity. So it's normally in our 30s, more 40s, that we get to our earning capacity. And I, I, I see people model it two ways. They either make more money, spend more money, and live the glitzy lifestyle. But the really good investors I see that are set up for retirement, they make more money, they put it in property. Right. So, you know, there, there is no right time, and no. but it is, seriously, sit down and say, okay, at what point do I want to retire and what's that going to cost me? Chances are that earning an income isn't going to do it for you, so you're going to have to create some passive income. Mm. And the only way, really, or one of the most attractive ways in New Zealand to do that is property.
0: And sadly, women are often paid less than men, Just despite this um, desperate need to get that right, but women often live longer than men, so should they be investing differently for retirement
1: purposes? Well, statistically, you'd have to say they need to start investing earlier, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there, I use the word frugal, it's not something we, we want to say, but I look at my parents um, and other people's spending habits, and some single women I know, and it's budget. You know, it's, we, we have to be realistic and say, where's the starting point for us now? But the other thing I'd say, particularly where there is pay parity, look for careers where there aren't. Mm. You know, we're very fortunate in the real estate industry that there is no pay difference between males and females. Everybody can earn the same amount. And it's also, you know, not to do a, a push on real estate, but as far as females who are wanting to secure their position later in life for retirement, uh, it's a fantastic lifestyle Mm. that works around
2: changing families. Mm. Absolutely. I Um, think that key point, just just very quickly, Stephen, is the um, ageing population. And some recent studies by the OECD are indicating that by, you know the mid 2030s our aging populations are going to be at the point where our households are just simply not going to be sustainable mm. we we just don't have enough property um available for those aging populations and they're not going to be designed you know we accessible properties are hard enough to find mm. wheelchair access and, and easy for a one person living um so i think the conversations you're right teresa we we need to start them earlier with our women and our men uh, and start to having bigger conversations around, well, what does actually retirement look like in this new world?
0: Yeah, and, and when you're mentioning stats like that, then also having that conversation with our local and central governments correct? who need to be looking at that realistically. Yes. Do you think the whole Kiwi KiwiSaver thing yes. helps or hinders when it comes to investment?
2: Well, at the moment, uh, KiwiSaver doesn't support any any um, extraction of money for investment properties. You do have to live in the home for six months. Obviously, you can get flatmates into that home if you live there as well. But I think there are bigger conversations that should be had with KiwiSaver, especially now after the COVID pandemic. And we've got so many women that were made redundant and, and that pay parity, which is an issue in New Zealand. You know, we've got a lot of women who are probably facing retirement in the next 10, 15 years that have been care workers, cleaners uh, or or a number of other roles where they're not actually getting a lot of income, um, they're going to be renting in Mm. their retirement. That's that's heartbreaking. And they talk about elder poverty. Most women are affected by elder poverty.
0: Mm. Teresa, do you have any tips or tricks for people thinking about using KiwiSaver to help them purchase their first property, not necessarily as an investment, but yeah. their first property?
1: Well again, I think we're so limited um, and I mean you can open a political minefield depending on mm. how far you want to talk about it, but within the means of KiwiSaver, again, go and talk to a mortgage broker yeah. because they know exactly what's happening um, but if, if you're not on the property ladder, the most important thing is to get onto it so if yeah. that means that you need to use your KiwiSaver to buy your first property and as Amanda said, get in flatmates to help pay the rent, mm. you know, it It's not something you might want to do, but it might be the compromise you have to do in order to actually get on the property ladder.
2: And I think we need to have the conversations where maybe there's more shared pools You know, maybe it's you and your, your best mate or yeah. um, another person that's looking to buy and you can both use your KiwiSaver um, I'm not sure how that works but again talking mm. to a financial advisor and finding out more yep. um, and finding properties that then have uh, like there is a rent to own scheme which is run by the government and I think there's a few other companies around that are looking at investment pools so we need to have more vehicles that are more accessible mm. for people to actually get on that ladder, whether it means they actually own the property themselves or rent to own over a period mm. of time, I think is interesting.
0: Absolutely.
1: I think also just be aware with KiwiSaver, if you are in house buying mode, it does take a little bit of time yes. to get your deposit <laughs> don't out. don't
0: rock up to an auction <laughs> and Correct. put your hand up. Yeah. Correct,
1: you will <laughs> get caught out so just explore what the parameters are around that.
0: Absolutely. Amanda you mentioned, or you both mentioned, you know the importance of sort of educating people from a young age. I'm a board of an, person of an all girls school so how do we work to educate our young adults in particular our young ladies from an early age around property and financial literacy
2: i think that's a really good question i've been asking um a number of, of people over this with budgeting. And I thought budgeting would be taught in schools more than it is, and it's not. No. I would have thought the banks would have had more programs around financial literacy and budgeting. I know the Irish government put a plan in place, I think to eighteen, right through these schools, talking about exactly that, mm. building financial literacy. I think we really need to investigate that with our schools. And And maybe, like you say, Teresa, it's the parents that start to take the lead and model that behaviour, and we need to give maybe more um, tools to Mm. parents to talk about budgeting, talk about investment, and help educate some parents to help educate their kids
0: could be a new program for Barfoot and Thompson, get into schools and, you know, start delivering those sorts of programs to the
1: teenagers. It could absolutely be. It's a great idea. I think when you grow up, and and I'm thinking of myself growing up, amazing parents, incredible parents, but didn't earn huge money, didn't have big investment properties, so it's not modelled. So you have to get it from somewhere external. And it's really disappointing that it hasn't been provided in the schools. But Mm. I think with Barfoot and Thompson now, we are working more to do that out Mm. in the community. We're doing property management investment seminars that people can come to as well. And definitely trying to get more information out to people so that that's really relevant and up to date as to how they can get on the property market and why they should and how we can assist them in making it easier.
0: What about life changes? You know, a couple invest in a property and a marriage breaks up or someone falls ill. What advice do you have in that situation to try and keep that investment afloat or ways of building new investment opportunities when life just throws that curveball at you?
2: And boy, does it ever. <laughs> yeah, does And those be. are tough conversations to have. You know, they're really, um, they're tricky. Most women that come out of divorces are... Um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to find it's, they're a lot more disadvantaged You know, they're, they're going to really struggle picking up the pieces particularly if they've got extra care issues they're trying to juggle work-life balance as well um, I think wrapping around support for those women would be really interesting um, and I think also you've got the chance to look at uh, smaller investment opportunities with apartments and the changes with the Unitary Plan I think you know maybe women have to regroup and actually again adjust mm. ex- adjust expectations um, but but keep talking to people
0: mm. and getting that advice getting you know Absolutely. so when life throws that curveball, seeking a professional to guide you through the process yes. rather than just Hiding. making status quo decisions that have been made for hundreds of years yeah, yeah correct yeah so how do we empower women to invest?
1: how do we empower women? Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to touch on what you spoke to with Amanda about, if that's all right, because I think it's really important. And it, it does come down to empowering women, but we see a marriage split is probably, you know, it's it's the biggest financial cost mm. you'll ever have in your life. So it's how do we ensure that women feel empowered, particularly in that situation where they may have been out of the workforce for a while or they're tied into school zones that they can't afford mm. any longer. That's a really mm. big one. Mm. So again, there, yes, you may end up having to rent an an area but it doesn't mean you can't invest out of area so I just keep encouraging people don't give up on an investment just because it's not where you want to live is probably the number one thing there so as far as empowering women it's getting around women it's I think the best thing we can do is model it yeah. um, I'm, I've sold a property in the last week I bought a property in the last week right I've had some wins I've had some losses yeah but we need to talk about it more and, you know, you're right, we didn't grow up talking about no. it to the same degree. And, you know, I want to see, I know when I talk to my child, it's very much, you know, this is what's going into your savings account mm. this week, and that's why it's going in, and this is the property we've got, and this is why we're selling it,
2: and this. So th- it mm, becomes very normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I grew it, up yeah. with people not talking about. You didn't talk about money. You didn't talk about property. You know, these things were done behind closed doors, and they were you know done by men. And I think we really need to bring that out in the open and actually talk about how how you do get on that ladder, how you do get advice mm. and advisors, and and get role models together, and especially with um, more and more, you know mixed mixed um and diverse groups of people also wanting to you know get on the property ladder. Mm. Yeah.
0: and it's it, you mentioned the savings, I mean from a young age teaching that. For for boys and girls, teaching yes. that, that yeah. ability to save each week and put it away. Um, my daughter's nearly 21 and left school at 18, got lucky enough to get a great job at Air New Zealand. Straight away her mum educated her in putting as much away as possible. She wanted to travel. That was the whole goal, to travel and perhaps study overseas. Came to me recently for a very serious family meeting. I thought something was up. But what it was was letting me know actually – I'm not far off a deposit for a house. Are you okay, given COVID, if I don't travel and I buy a house? (laughs) I was like, amazing. But that's been three years of hard slog putting everything away and it was as short as three years because that was the mindset of save, save, save.
1: And that's where going to the right financial advisor they really can make something that seems completely unachievable. They can forecast it in the next three, four, five years. Mm. But the other point on there is I think, you know, often we we think we're tied into a nine to five job and we have had women that have been out of the workforce and they've been mums. You know, considering a career change I know going to a hundred percent commission based careers are really Big risk, and it's a really big step. But often, this is the perfect real estate salesperson. Mm, totally, because they organise, they multitask, they're used to managing challenges, they're used to managing timeframes, and we often see them do incredibly well in real estate. So you can change your life. I know, you know, I, my husband and I were saying, you know, fourteen years ago we didn't have anything, and so you can change your life very quickly. Um, but it might mean having a reconsider, not just of your investments, but what are you doing with the time that you have as oh, far as work goes?
0: Absolutely. And
2: uh, so I'm just going to jump into that. I think it's also, it's not about the now. It is actually acknowledging that... You know, it does take time to save up that money for a Mm. deposit. It does take time for your investments to grow. And this is the long-term vision.
0: Mm, 100%. Now, I need to get to a music break, but uh, Amanda, very quick question, an interesting question. Do you think women are better or smarter investors than men?
2: Ooh, tricky. (laughs) I think think women uh, do their research. They take longer to make a decision, perhaps. But I think it's really... um, Oh, I don't know. I don't...
0: Are they more Do careful I... then at think... choosing perhaps looking at the options better and choosing perhaps lower risk but in the long run m- safe again?
2: Perhaps. I think they, they take a longer time to make that decision but as long as they make the decision that's the key point. They, they need to make that step. All
0: right. We're going to take a short music break now and the wonderful Jeff Ong, an Auckland performer has got back in touch with us. He's got a brand new track, The Hope fully optimistic song Turn the TV Off was penned during Aotearoa's 2020 lockdown and it's what was an overwhelming and stressful time for everybody Jeff was no different finding himself struggling with the bombardment of information and the overwhelming feeling of anxiety and like many of us was forced into a period of reflection so here is talented Aucklander Jeff Ong with Turn the TV Off
3: Next year will be better, the virus or otherwise, I've never hoped so hard for any single thing in my goddamn life, can we change the subject, so we're not talking about how I'm being defeated and just wanting to disengage for the 50th time, maybe I just grew up a cynic, maybe I was just I never hope that hard in the first place Maybe it's hard to hope that hard in the first place But do I just care too much? Why is it easier to just tap out and board all the windows up? Can't pretend to know better. I'm full of shit myself, blind to my privilege, projecting all of my insecurities up. Uh, maybe I just grew up a cynic. Maybe I was just born that way. Throwing back an echo Like I'm starting to have a say Maybe I never hoped that hard in the first place Maybe it's hard to hope that hard in the first place I just want some. TV on. Gotta turn the TV on. TV on. Maybe it's hard to hope that hard in the first place. But maybe that's why we should hope hard in the first place. I just want something. Is that all? need
0: Turn the TV off, Aucklander Jeff Ong. Thanks so much for sending that in. If you've got a song you'd like us to play, email us at propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. Also, if you have something you or your company would like to share with our investors, landlords or tenants, get in touch. And this week I'm joined by Amanda Evans and Teresa Weiss from Barfoot and Thompson, Mount Eden. We've been chatting about women and property and investing, but I'd like to sort of change this a little bit. We've almost covered some of this as well by talking about it as a as a career for women and, Teresa, a quick glance at your website, and I can see well over half of your team are female, which is fantastic. Is this something you see more and more across the real estate world, or is your branch a little bit
1: different? I think we're a little bit different. So, I mean, we, we certainly see a lot of women, and I'd say at least 50% of women uh, across the industry, from what I can see. Um, but ask me why, I don't know the answer but it's certainly, we have a really strong team culture, we have a lot of support um, I, th- I think probably and the, they might Big to differ but having over half woman there's a bit more sense of nurturing um, that probably comes around with the team but we've, we've also got a lot of couples in the team so husbands nice. and wives which pushes that, the Yeah
0: that's another part of real estate that works as a family business really yeah.
1: well And our top three people in the branch this year were all women right so just to put that in perspective our number one who's got six associates four of her you know she's got four female associates and two male associates so uh, I mean yes we have more women but um, we have really successful
0: nice why do you think both sales and property management is such a good career choice
1: Flexibility. Mm. I mean, I'm a mum. Amanda's a mum. <laughs> Excuse me. Our property manager's a mum, and I know for for me, I went back to selling because of the flexibility. And you know, I can only say for my personal story, and this might freak a few people out, but I decided to start work at five a.m. and finish at three, mm. so that I could pick. Skylar up from school at three o'clock. Totally understand that. Yeah. yeah. And so I actually had all of that wonderful time to myself. And when you're so organised and you've got, you know, you are used to multitasking and running a house and running the kids around and running everything else, real estate becomes natural. It just feels like an extension. And so much of it can be home-based and done over the phone. From a
0: management point of view, did you have to, or do you feel you fought f- to become a manager? Um, was there any different being female to male?
1: Uh, we definitely have fewer females in the company as managers. That has changed over the time. Um, did I have to? Did I have? To, I, I don't think I had to fight more because I was a female. Definitely, the way Barfoot and Thompson choose their managers, they're normally successful salespeople within the company. You just have to prove yeah um, in results. So uh, I knew the first time, um, the compromise was was having to rebuild a branch. Um and the second time it was I had to make sure I had proven the results or, or don't put my hand up.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was pretty much how it worked. So but women I don't I don't think they sell themselves as much. I don't think mm. we I think we're our own worst critics and don't back ourselves to the same degree. So yes, Yes, I had to fight, but probably the fight's an internal one yeah, yeah. to actually back yourself more when you're sitting in front of somebody because we, we almost put ourselves down mm. and we actually need to talk ourselves up to get into the boardroom
0: Yeah,
1: um, or into those management positions.
0: Excellent. Amanda? Talk yourself up now. What's your long-term goals in real estate? I think is Teresa's seat comfortable
2: or is she just oh, she warming it up for you? It's, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm on my journey as a salesperson at the moment and looking for the next 20 years to really cement myself into this business. I think the biggest thing for me is seeing it as a long-term business. It's not a short-term fix. And I think you're right, Teresa. I think really talking ourselves up as capable because it's very easy as women to think that we're not capable we're not really that good at something and and it is hard to go out and go you know what I'm damn good at this Mm, I do mm. know what I'm doing or women don't do that um
0: so what's your number one tip for a new person hitting hitting the sales world for the first time
2: be brave go and promote yourself go and talk to people ask for help know there's nothing wrong with saying I need help I don't know this or I haven't done this before but be brave
0: nice Teresa we have a lot of investors who tune into this show so tell us we've we've talked a lot about sales but tell us about your property management side of your team and how are they working directly to help investors
1: look I'm I'm so lucky to have the incredible property management team that I have led by Keely Stubbs our property manager at Mount Eden and you know I, they just take the pressure. Being in a, a landlord myself, it feels scary because there is so much compliance change and so much where we're exposed to risk if we're not having our property managed, and, and all of that compliance and legislation change being taken off us. And um, we've definitely found over the last little while with some of those changes that more people are wanting to bring their properties in to be managed. Yep. They're walking away from the risk of doing it's that. For the themselves. Safer it's the safest option. It's the safest option. And I think, you know, when you're with a company like Barfoot and Thompson, it's sheer size mm. and the fact that we, I believe, we very much lead the way. Um, you know, we're, we're Auckland's number one real estate agent, so we have to do things right. And so we lead the way as far as compliance goes. And in property management, the only way we grow that business is by giving amazing customer service. So, we are growing. Um, We're in great growth mode and um, with Keely at the helm, the feedback that we're getting is amazing. But it's about having somebody available for you. It's communication to a landlord so they know what's happening with their property. It's knowing that you've got somebody reliable who's taking all of the stress out of it for you and there's no surprises. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest thing about having your property managed. It's stress-free, there's no surprises. You've got somebody honest giving you great feedback and you can just put your feet up and relax.
0: And number one tip for someone getting on the investment ladder for the first time?
1: Get your property managed. Don't try and do (laughs) it yourself.
0: (laughs) Brilliant plug. Brilliant. And if a bank turns you down, there are other options. And that we've mentioned, you know, the mortgage broker, getting that advice is so important.
1: It is really important. I think there are there are also some third tier financial mm. um, financing companies out there, so just be careful. Yeah. Um, but definitely go and
2: explore. I and only that to, um, you know put you off if you do get turned down and you don't quite have enough money. You know, go back, yeah. save, yeah. and come back and try again. You know, don't learn laugh. what the learn. downfall was That's so right. that you
0: can That's overcome it. it.
1: Yeah. The other thing there is I, – I was going back to when we bought our first investment properties. I think a lot of people who are first-time investors are waiting for the market to crash. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't. No. So I know each time we bought investments, we bought them at the height of the market because LVRs, like lending value ratios, yep. have changed or something, and it would have changed our ability to buy. So don't be scared of when you buy. Just – biggest piece of advice make sure you are never so exposed to risk that you have to sell in crisis mode
0: absolutely we are right out of time the orchestra is literally playing behind us as we speak thanks so much Teresa and amanda you've been absolutely amazing you can find out all about them at barfoot.co.nz forward slash mount eden they'd love to get in touch have a fantastic week what an awesome show catch you again after the public holiday weekend see you in two weeks